0: This episode is brought to you by my free what's working guide. If you want to download some tips on what is working right now in 2022 from both myself and other real life indoor playground owners who are currently working to launch or grow their business, head to michellecarawanna.com slash what's working, or simply click the link in the show notes or episode description. You'll get the free tips delivered right to your inbox. Download my what's working guide right now. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. All right. So one of the topics that we talked a lot about in this past month's Playmaker Society group coaching call was Mother's Day events. And so many owners gave so many great perspectives and tips and things like that. And it actually made me think of a YouTube video that I did probably about a year ago about sip and shop events, or really any vendor events that feature local businesses, because a lot of play-based business owners and play owners have great giving hearts and they want to lift up the other local businesses in their community while also driving traffic to their own business as well. So I always view these types of events as a win-win situation, as long as you set them up right. And I have a lot of experience with these types of events. I have had great events, I've had absolute disasters. So if you want the full rundown, your play of the day is to go watch that full YouTube video. It has pictures and a full rundown of every single one of these tips plus a lot more tips. But Again, this is a quick daily tip podcast, so I'm just going to give you the highlights here on this podcast. And like I said, if it piques your interest and you want to run this type of event, go watch that YouTube video. I'm going to link it in the show notes. But by far, the number one biggest question or concern that I get from place-based owners regarding these types of events is pricing and whether they should charge or not. And the first big decision that you have to make when it comes to charging for these types of events is, first of all, if you're going to charge the participants, so the people that are coming to shop, or if you're going to charge the vendors. Now, I have very strong feelings about this, so we're going to talk about this in a minute, but that's the first decision you need to make. The second decision that you need to make is whether or not you're going to allow children at the event. So in most cases, because we are indoor playgrounds, typically, if you're listening to this podcast, I would say, yes, include children. And honestly, I would typically charge for open play because if you allow people to come and allow their children to play for free, you might attract the wrong crowd, right? You're going to attract people that are just looking for free use of your space and who are not going to necessarily be interested in the vendors that you're featuring And if you have a limited capacity, then that's going to take up really valuable space. So I do recommend, first of all, allowing open play during these events. Of course, if you're allowing alcohol, like if this is a Mother's Day specific sip and chop event where it's designed to give, you know, maybe moms and caregivers and grandmothers a break, that's a little bit different. That's a completely different type of event. Or if like if you're doing something around the holidays where there's going to be a lot of breakables. And again, it's meant to give the shoppers a little bit of a break. Then, of course, that is a specific scenario where you probably wouldn't want to allow children. These types of events are typically hosted in the evening hours, so like 7 to 9 p.m. But let's say you're just doing an event during the daytime and you do want to include open play. I would recommend charging your normal price for open play and just saying, Hey, you know, we're going to be giving out free coffee or we're going to be giving out free tea, something to incentivize people to come that particular day or that particular time slot and let them know which vendors are going to be available and give them a little taste of what they're going to be offering. Now, Again, I have all sorts of tips on how to incentivize people to come through raffle prizes and things like that in the YouTube video. I'm not going to talk too much about that in this podcast, but the big thing that I wanted to mention is that it is definitely going to be in everybody's best interest if you charge the vendors instead of the adults shopping, and this is for a couple different reasons. So the first and probably most obvious reason is that if somebody is going to be charging a quote unquote cover price to enter your small vendor event, that's automatically going to give them less spending money on the vendor. So that's going to start off on the wrong foot with both the shoppers and the vendors because the vendors are going to say, well, you know, what if they could have used that money to buy one of my products, something like that. So I would definitely recommend if you are going to charge at all. I would definitely recommend not charging the adult shopping guests, just the children that are accompanying to play. I recommend charging the vendors because it's going to guarantee you an exact amount of revenue as a business owner, so you don't have to, you know, close your eyes and hope that you're utilizing this time slot that could have been a birthday party or could have been a class or could have been a different better revenue generating type of event. So I love charging vendors because you can open up a specific number of slots, charge a set fee based on the amount of size or the amount of space that they'd like to take up or the size of their table. And like I said, you're going to know in advance how much money this event is going to generate. So you can make a decision based on vendor interest before you ever advertise to the public if this event is going to be successful or not. And you can choose whether or not to move forward with it or not based on this vendor interest. Now, I typically would charge between $50 and $100 per, per vendor. I've definitely done events where I only allowed smaller tables. And then in that case, I would probably charge between $25 and $50. This is going to depend on a couple of different things. Number one, it's going to depend on the size of your audience. So how many people you can expect to attend this type of event because vendors are not going to pay $100 if you're only expecting 10 people to show up and then number two it's going to depend on the size of your space so how many vendors are going to be allowed is it just going to be 5 is there going to be 50 obviously if there's only going to be a couple vendors and a lot of shoppers you're going to be able to charge a little bit more. So you kind of have to take both of those factors into account when you're deciding on pricing. Another factor that you need to consider when you're thinking about how much you want to charge vendors is if you're going to allow duplicates. Now, first of all, I'm just going to draw a line in the sand here and say that I do not support the network marketing business model. I do not support multi-level marketing companies. So if you're considering, oh, well, I don't want to have two of X company or Y company in attendance, I'm just going to go ahead and say, for your sake and for your customer's sake and for the other vendor's sake, I typically do not recommend involving multi-level marketing companies. And again, I give a much more in-depth explanation of this. And again, this is speaking from personal experience. I'm not just hating on this business model. I have a lot of very negative experience with multi-level marketing type vendors at my vendor event. So in this very specific scenario, I'm not saying that people can't earn income with network marketing. I'm just saying that as a place-based owner, this is a poor decision to allow multi-level marketing vendors at your vendor events. Most reputable vendors actually will not attend or purchase booths at events where multi-level marketing companies are in attendance, especially now that we're in 2022 and all of the recent documentaries have come out and things like that. So again, watch the YouTube video if you want my full explanation, but I'm not just forming an opinion based off of nothing. I have a lot of personal experience in this realm. So when I say duplicates, I don't mean two people, quote unquote, representing the same company. I mean two two quilters, Or two people selling paintings or two people selling stickers or scrunchies or mugs or something like that. You want to kind of make a decision on whether or not you're going to allow vendors that have an overlap in terms of products. Now, this is something that you can kind of get a feel for once you start putting vendor interest out there. Are there a lot of people that are interested in selling the same things? Or if there isn't, then you might not even have to worry about that. But that is one of the questions that vendors are going to ask is, are you allowing duplicate types of sellers? So that's one more factor to consider when you're thinking about how much you want to price vendors. And then my last reason for charging the vendors just as a general rule is that it kind of divides the responsibilities. So if you're not charging the vendors and you're just allowing them to set up Sure, they're not putting their own money at risk here, but then all of the burden kind of falls on you to drive traffic to this event. All of the incentive is now on you because you have to rely on getting people in the door to make this event a financial success for you if you're charging the adult shoppers. Again, if you're charging the vendors, then they are much more highly incentivized because they now have much more skin in the game. It's not just their time that they're losing out on. If there isn't enough foot traffic at this event, if they're paying money, they're going to be sharing this event all over their social media channels. They're going to be telling their friends. They're going to be telling everybody that they know in their inner circle, again, on their email list, things like that. They're going to be highly incentivized to get as many people into the shopping event as possible, and that is going to be a win-win for both you and for the vendors. So while it might seem a little bit risky or while you might feel a little bit nervous to charge vendors to set up at your space, as long as you can guarantee a certain number of shoppers or at least give a ballpark idea of the amount of shoppers that you can expect, It's a much better idea and it's going to give you a much better result to charge because this is something that I have. This is a conversation that I have with a lot of my clients. If they don't have a working business model, if they don't have a working sales process, if their course or their product or whatever I'm promoting via Facebook ads isn't delivering, if their website isn't user-friendly, something like that, then I tell them, you know, Facebook ads or more traffic isn't going to work. So you want to put that burden on the vendors. If you are providing the traffic, you're providing the shoppers, it's up to them to provide a good shopping experience, to set up in an aesthetically pleasing manner, to have prices that are reasonable, to be friendly and talk to the shoppers and have an engaging sales process that's going to actually result in sales. So again, you want to kind of divide those responsibilities. You as a business owner are responsible for the traffic And the vendors are responsible for the actual sales. And by charging for the vendors, this kind of makes that line in the sand clear. And a good way to give vendors an idea of how much traffic to expect is to have people sign up. So even if you're not charging for adult shoppers, you can offer a door prize or a raffle prize and say, hey, register for the shopping event and then If you sign up via email and attend the event, so maybe you have somebody at the door checking names off, then you're going to be entered to win this amazing raffle prize. And you can have all of the vendors donate an item to this raffle prize so that you don't have to spend a lot of money up front as a business owner. And it's also one little extra way to advertise and give shout outs to the participating vendors. So this is going to be a win-win-win situation. So people are going to get reminded via email to attend the event. You're going to be able to grow your email list because people are signing up for this event, and you're going to be able to really almost guarantee the value of this event to your vendors because you're going to be able to say, hey, 100 people signed up for this event, 200 people signed up for this event. And then once you start doing more and more of these events, you'll start to get a little bit more data and you'll be able to say, okay, 100 people signed up for the event, that typically means that 80 people will actually show up. So you'll be able to give even more of a clear picture and a clear idea for the vendor so that they can do a little bit of a cost-benefit analysis. So those are my quick tips for hosting vendor events. But if you want any more information, again, if you want the full rundown of how I operated these events, of all of the mistakes I made, the good, the bad, the ugly... If you want to see pictures and things like that, go to my YouTube channel. That is your play of the day. And if you have any questions, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, comment on the YouTube video. And if you enjoyed this episode and if you find these tips helpful, leave a rating and review. It is the best way for us to connect with other play space owners in this little community that we've built. Have a great day, playmakers.